All right, week two of our The Ascent series. Open up your Bibles to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Your name is hot. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm so amped from that last song. Jake won't let me sing in the band, though, so I got to get my praise on every now and then. Just get it out of my system. Listen, last week we talked about how it's time to climb. Midweek, say that with me. Time to climb. Come on, y'all got to be louder than that. Time to climb. Online, put that in the chat right there. Say time to climb. We had a great time last week uh, kicking off this series through the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, These are Psalms that you find from Psalm 120 all the way to Psalm 134. We're going to be looking at these 15 Psalms together with a little break, probably a little two-week break around Easter. Can't wait for Easter and hopefully some flowers out there, this uh, snow. Last, last winter, y'all can blame me. I, I really complained to God about the lack of snow last year in Pittsburgh And uh, he answered my prayers this year. We have had an abundance of snow, uh, but I'm ready for some spring weather. And uh, so we'll have a little two-week break around Easter, but we're going to plow together through the Psalms of Ascent. And we have a great psalm to look at today. Last week, we learned how um, our ultimate goal in life, our ultimate aim in life um, is uh, twofold. We are to be disciples number one, and we are to be pilgrims, number two. Disciples are a people who spend their lives learning and growing to be like Jesus. Pilgrims are a people who spend their lives going and growing with Jesus. And so last week we jumped into Psalm 120 together. And in Psalm 120, it kind of kicks off In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Anyone thankful in the house that God answers us in our distress? Um, That's what we've just sung about. All our hope is in Jesus. Why? Because in our distress, when we cry out to the Lord, he answers us. Us. So we examine this truth that we've got to recognize the distress and sometimes the distress or the turmoil or the struggle in our life is the very thing that kickstarts and launches us upward toward God. So we want to recognize the distress and then we want to run to God. Why? Because he waits for you, he longs for you, and he can heal you. Now, as I was praying about preaching this week, I had no idea that God would give me such a real life example of in my distress calling out to God. Um, I kind of got motivated last second. Uh, my oldest son, Bolt, uh, he's mostly online right now for school. And so uh, I knew I had kind of a day to spend with him where he could also get school done online. And I was like, Bolt, all this talk about it's time to climb and it's time to go to the mountains. Let's do this. 
And so me and my oldest son, Bolt, we took off and we went to the mountains, okay? We actually, it's weird me saying this, but I went south. I went more towards Maryland and Nemecolin and went around that kind of area. But we went to the mountains and we had to take this uphill climb to the mountains. We've challenged ourselves to climb upward toward God. Well, me and Bolt, we were so pumped. I mean, I took him to his favorite cuisine, Subway. And uh, we picked up two foot longs, right? Two foot long subs. And we're just having this great time. And the place that we went to for 24 hours had kind of a long driveway with a place. I'd been there before. And, and to be honest, I had handled this driveway before, even in a little bit of snow. But there wasn't just a little bit of snow. There were... <laughs> Uh, two feet of snow, I think, in this place. And as I came around this one corner and this driveway, uh, your boy from Louisiana, who has never driven really in snow until he's moved up here, lost control of his car. And uh, it kind of spun, collided with a couple trees, one tree specifically, uh, that smashed my back window. Um, I'll just tell you right now, uh, your boy Bolt handled things with way more composure than daddy. I started to freak out a little bit. I don't know if you've ever lost control in snow, but you really are. You're helpless, right? You you really can't do anything. You just kind of go with the flow. Well, the crazy thing about this is we knew we were going to a place where we could chop wood and that was going to be one of like the daddy son things. So we even bought ourselves like a legit axe had no idea God's providence in this. Um, As I surveyed the damage, I realized that an entire tree limb was in my car. And there was gonna be no way, we're not around anybody, there's gonna be no way for me to get this truck out without chopping the tree down. I'm just gonna keep it real. I've never chopped the tree down, okay? But an hour and a half later, Bolt yelled timber, okay? And this thing came down. Um, Listen, in my distress, I called out to the Lord and he answered me. Um, Truthfully, I'm just being honest. I'm so proud of my Bolt. Uh, Even though he had a little bit of a meltdown as we went to bed, kind of it was almost like reality hit. Daddy, that's a lot of trauma for me to handle. You were an angry elf, you know, like, I don't know what was going on with you. I'd never seen your face look like that before. And we had a little bit of meltdown. I mean, he kept his cool. Like he had unbelievable composure. He stayed positive. He was filled with like cool ideas. And so we survived this. We had a little bit of time away, uh, got to enjoy the mountains together. Um, And God started to speak to me about Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is an amazing psalm. Look at the heading. If you've got your scripture right now, maybe your heading says something like this. It says, my help comes from the Lord. And you know, I was kind of wired in a certain way. Let me, let me read the first two verses and then I've got to stop and then we're going to read it again. The, the first two verses in Psalm 121 say this, I lift up my eyes to the hills From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven 
and earth. As we drove back to Pittsburgh on Tuesday, um, I got bolts. I, I pulled out my, my notes on my iPad and I'd already been doing some sermon prep and I got him to just read verse one and two out loud. And I said, what, what does that say, Bolt? And, and Bolt legit said this, uh, we could have used God yesterday. And I said, yes, exactly. Uh, the help comes from the Lord. Daddy was it on his A game there. Um, but there it is. And Bolt kind of shares this and, and we started to talk and he says, you know, help comes from the Lord. And I said, exactly, exactly. Um, right there in the text, Bolt, I want you to know that no matter how stupid your dad is, I want you to know that no matter what is stacked up against you in life, I want you to know that no matter where you go in life, where does your help come from, Bolt? And he said, the Lord. Even later on that night after he told mama about everything that I did and tattled on me, um, I went into his room and right before I said goodnight to him, it's going to kind of be our theme for the next couple weeks. I said, hey, Bolt, where? And he said, the Lord. I don't know if you've read this psalm before, but when I've read this psalm before, I mean, here it is. Let's go back in Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so I just kind of like imagine, you know, this walk up to the mountains and we see this beautiful creation and everything. And then I read this book that we've recommended to you from Eugene Peterson called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And his perspective on this psalm completely radically gave me a different perspective on this psalm in such a way that not only encouraged me, but encouraged Bolt. You see, our hope is not in the hills. Our hope is not in the mountains. Our hope is not in anything in this world. Our hope is in the Lord who made the mountains, who made the hills. Listen, I think this second Psalm is such an amazing Psalm for us to read. First of all, I shared with you on these kind of, you know, travel songs, these uh, road trip songs that recognizing the distress is the very launch pad for us to begin the journey. Well, the second Psalm is the perfect reminder for us on this journey. So many of us are trying to retreat from our reality and replace it with another reality in this world. And I want you to know that's hopeless. Even the mountains, hopeless. Some of you need to hear, hear this. You can't run from yourself. So you might change jobs, you might change environments, you might change locations. Oh, it's so cold in Pittsburgh. I need to go to the sun. I gotta be around the beach. You can't satisfy ultimately what you need satisfied in anything of this world. Our help comes from the Lord. Look at the rest of this Psalm. In the rest of this psalm, it proves why we can trust in the Lord. Verse three, 
It says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord, if our help is in the Lord, the Lord is your keeper. He's your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out. He will keep your coming in. How long? From this time forth and forever more. The word of the Lord. Uh, I hope you're not offended by this. You need help. I need help. Everyone needs help. Turn to your neighbor right now midweek and just tell your neighbor you need some help. All right, say it like you really mean it. Uh, kind of be mean about it right now. At, at home, husbands and wives look at it and say, you need some help for real, right? And, and so we all need help. And if we can be honest, um, what I just shared with you about this truth that even retreating to go on vacation, the goal of the Israelites here was not to go to Jerusalem. The goal of the Israelites here was to run to God, to seek God, to experience God. I've got two very simple things that I wanna encourage you to write down as we meditate upon Psalm 121 this week together. I've just loved hearing the stories from our V groups and our prayer time. As I shared with you, um, one day a week, I read all the Psalms of Ascent, uh, but the other six days, I'm just repeating the Psalm that we're on each and every week. I also wanna encourage you to read a long obedience in the same direction. He gives you a chapter each week for you to soak in. Um, there's two things I wanna share with you. Number one, look higher. His name is higher, right? Look higher. We don't want to just look to the hills. We want to look to the one who made the hills. The one who made heaven and earth, as it says in verse 1 and 2. Eugene Peterson says this. Psalm 121 is the neighbor coming over and telling us that we are doing something wrong. <laughs> and it's the neighbor coming and telling us that we're even looking in the wrong place for help. Psalm 121 is addressed to those of us who, disregarding God, gaze to a distance all around them and make long, devious circuits in quest of their remedies to their troubles. How about you? Midweek, how about you? Are you spending tons of time looking at so many different things in this world? Anybody else got wanderlust right now? I know I wish I could be traveling. I wish I could be in Europe right now. I wish I could be in Australia right now. I wish I could just, you know, travel to Ohio right now. I don't know. I just wish I could be somewhere else. How about you in your life right now? In distress, in trouble, in whatever. What are you looking towards? I want to challenge you to look higher. To look higher. Mountains are great. 
God is greater. He's the one who created the mountains. Peterson goes on, he says this, a person of faith encounters trial and tribulation and cries out, help. We lift our eyes to the mountains and offers to help. The mountains offers to help instant and numerous appear. But does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and the mountains. Why do we look higher? I want you to know it's because he is above all. He is above all. That's really good news if we're looking to things that are fallen and broken and all that kind of stuff. But can I just be honest with you? Even the things that are incredible, like mountains. Anyone love mountains? Looking towards the beauty, the majesty uh, of mountains. Even the greatest things that God has dialed up for us in his creation. He is above all. This week in our discussion guide, I want to encourage you to look at 1 Kings chapter 18 at a great battle between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And what we're going to examine is we're going to see that our God is greater. That at the end of the day, what we need are not the gods of this world. We need the God of this world. And we need him and his power. He is our great helper. Look higher. But number two, I only got two points today. Look higher, trust forever. Look higher, trust forever. Peterson says this, in this psalm, there are three possibilities for harm to travelers. A person traveling on foot can at any moment step on a loose stone and sprain his ankle. A person traveling on foot under protracted exposure to a hot sun can become faint with a sunstroke. A person traveling for a long distance on foot under the pressures of fatigue and anxiety can become emotionally ill. You need help. I need help. We've said that it's time to climb. It's time to move upwards towards God. Y'all do know that just stating that is the easy part. Now we got to be that. Now we got to do that. And as we start to climb, the elements are going to stack against us. And if I can just be honest with you, when you are on an obedient climb towards God, the enemy is going to throw a lot of things at you. And so as we are, quote unquote, under attack on this journey towards God, where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. So why can we trust in the help of the Lord. There's four things here. You didn't think I just had two points. There's sub points. All right. Here's his first sub point. Why can we trust in the help of the Lord? Number one, he made us. <laughs> he made us. Um, he is the one who made heaven and earth. In the beginning was God. And I love what it says in another part of um, Peterson's book. He says, Psalm 121 says that the same faith that works in the big things works in the little things. 
The God of Genesis 1 who brought light out of darkness is also the God of this day who guards you daily through these evil times. He made us. I promise you, when you entered into this world, okay, you might say this about your brother or sister, but not you. When you entered this world, God wasn't surprised. He knew you before you were even formed. He loves you. He made you. This is why we can trust forever. Number two, he doesn't just make us. He keeps us. He keeps us. Look at verse three and verse four. He says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. How does he keep us? He keeps us, number one, on solid ground, right? So our feet don't slip. I don't want to build my house on sand. I want to build my house on the rock. I want to build my house on the word of God that's forever true and that's everlasting. So he keeps us on solid ground. And I love in the second part of verse three, he who keeps you will not slumber. And so it says here that he keeps you on solid ground. And how does he keep you? He keeps you at all times. He doesn't slumber. Anyone love a good sleep? I love a good sleep. Uh, he never sleeps. God is always watching. He's always there. Number three, he made us. He keeps us. He protects us. He protects us. I love in verse five and verse six. Check this out. It says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. He protects us, number one, from distraction. He protects us from distraction. It says there, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. So in a sense, the Lord is protecting you from the distraction. Sometimes when you walk, if you get hit by the sunlight, it can distract you and it can help you to, put, to, to move away from the direction that you need to go. It can be a distraction for you. The Lord is your shade to keep you focused in on the very thing that God has called you to. But also we know that sometimes sun beating down on you can cause fatigue. So he keeps you, he protects you from distraction, but he also protects you from fatigue. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I know that I have experienced numerous times in my life when I've tapped out, where I've come to my end and the Lord has been so faithful and kind to lift me up and to strengthen me to keep going on this path that he has called me to. But fourthly, he made us, he keeps us, he protects us. Lastly, he guards us. And I love this. This is the reason why we can trust in the help of the Lord. Verse seven and verse eight, it says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He guards us from all evil. I know, listen, if I could just speak to maybe even someone at home right now, 
And I know you're, you're perhaps going through a difficult season right now and you feel like the, the, the chips are stacked against you and that there's no way out. I want you to know that God is greater. And as great as the attacks of the enemy might be upon you and your household, I want you to know that there is victory in the name of Jesus. I pray that right now you would look to God who is your help in this current challenge in your life. If we as our church can serve you in any way and point you in that direction, please let us know. Reach out on the chat, register, let us know midweek if we could serve you in any way. He guards us from all evil, but I love this. He guards us in all circumstances, no matter what. No matter where you go, that was kind of what I wanted to share with Bolt. Hey, Bolt, life happens. Dude, you're going to drive one day, and you're probably going to drive in Pittsburgh one day, and you're probably going to hit a tree one day and have a wreck. I want you to know that's the reality of life. But as great as your daddy might be in your eyes, God is greater. And no matter where you go, isn't there an incredible truth in God's word that he'll never leave us nor forsake us? Um, we're going to close out our sermon today and we're going to read one of my favorite passages, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39. As the band comes up, we're going to get ready to respond. I want everybody's head to be bowed and everybody's eyes to be closed in this moment right now. And as we go to the Lord, I just want to remind us of the power of God. And, and I want us in this moment right now um, to trust forever in this power of God. Don't buy the lies of the enemy in this moment right now that is telling you that this in the world is greater or this is better. Or if I just had more money or if I just had this job or if I just had that possession or if I just lived in this place. I want you to know that everything you need can be found right now in God. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is a moment of salvation for your life. Embrace the help of the Lord by trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. There in your own heart, pray, repent, believe in the name of Jesus. Secondly, if you know Christ Jesus and on this upward climb, you've put the backpack on, you're pursuing God and his presence. Somehow, some way, you've lost focus on what's most important. It's not the things that God gives us, it's God. It's not his creation, it's God. I want you to know that God desires for us to look higher and to trust forever. Why? Romans 8, 31 through 39 says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be 
against us. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, should nakedness, should danger, should sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So midweek, stand to your feet right now and let's sing to the Lord. Let's look higher, church, and let's trust forever in the name of the Lord our God.